What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to the Dapper Villains Podcast. As always, I am Dana Blue, and am I joined by my co-host, Jay Such Dave. Jay, what's going on, brother? I'm very good, brother. Very happy. Uh, you tripped up the beard today. a little. I don't know what's going I on. I did. <laughs> my double chin is popping real clear on this one. I- I'm Every time I grip my beard. <laughs> Peter Griffin, how you doing? <laughs> now I'm going to do the whole show like that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, before we get into the episode, and we got an amazing episode for you guys, do not forget to subscribe to the Dapper Villains podcast. You can find us on YouTube, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, anywhere you get podcasts, we are there. Check our Instagram out, at Dapper Villains, at Dapper Villains everywhere. That's how you find us. Now, with that out of the way, we're joined by Darren Beeman as Jay was telling me about this guest he told me this is the og of savile row that we need to have on he's the guy bringing savile row quality to the next generation through technology so as a former engineer turned taylor myself darren welcome to the show thank you for joining us thank you so much i'm humbled jay i'm humbled so darren you're you're in new york at the moment yes so what are you doing rochester Rochester. So you're enjoying some garbage plates? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, frisbees. <laughs> so, so what are you doing in Rochester? Because this is interesting, right? That you're you're well, working on optimization. Yeah. So, um, for, yeah, I, I spent a long time in Savile Row, and then we we started a little academy, and then we decided to do consultancy to make it a bigger field, and then. Um, my wife told me to get, you know, I've been traveling all around the world. It's an amazing lifestyle. And my wife told me to get a real job, a nine to five job. So it was kind of, it was, it was okay, great. So then we had some choices. So I gave her the choice of where do we, where do you want to go? And she decided uh, we'll come to Rochester. And now I work with this. It's a brilliant company. It's not the biggest company in the world, a company called Adrian Jewels. And what I like about it, the founder was a tailor. It wasn't an engineer background. And I know you're, engineering as well but it wasn't an engineer he was a a, a hands-on tailor that had a dream of creating uh bespoke garments in a factory vision which is great so i did what my wife told me why did she pick rochester of all places i've been to i don't know Oh, well, Rochester's, a, you know... It's, I think it's she said New York. She didn't realize it. New York is that big. <laughs> I have to go home, Jay. Um, so we had the choices of Singapore with our friend Kevin, uh, and then Kevin India, Sia. yeah, and then India as well. Um, and I, 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 lo- I love India. Um, it's kind of, it's a second home to me at the time. Mm. But she chose here, and, and, and that was it. That's That's... I, I can't regret it. I, I'm enjoying it. I, you know, I think we've turned the factory around to producing some pretty amazing stuff and stuff that I can put in any, you know, some of our stuff we're putting any tailor shop in the world. And I'll challenge anyone to beat us. Our in, Instagram account or my, my Instagram account alone will prove that. Hmm. Now, I, I mean, I just, you know, I'm thinking about the winters up there in Rochester because you know, I've lived in, I grew up in the Northeast and then I lived in Cleveland. And, you know, Rochester's right up there winter-wise with Cleveland. So you got those, like, oh, yeah. eight-month winters. <clears throat> well, to be honest with you, I, I kind of – I go to work. I, I jump into an Uber, get out. I come out into the work, and it's the reverse going home. Um, so my wife, she kind of hibernates. She's Slovakian, so they're used to the same type of winters. Okay. Um, 
the only chore I have, I have to go down, I have to do the garbage and then I have to go down to the local shop and buy the food. But she pretty much doesn't come out of the house for eight months. I don't know. Do you, are you familiar with um, the comic strip Dilbert? No. No, no, no. A, a famous American comic strip about, <clears throat> excuse me, about an engineer and his, his life in the office. And we recently interviewed the author, Scott Adams, of that, that comic strip. And uh, he told us about how living in upstate New York and almost dying in a blizzard was what motivated him to buy a one-way ticket to California. I can't blame him. The only good thing is we used to live in Chicago where I, I, I helped run Hart Schaffner and Marks. And mm. uh, so we, we kind of, we had our winter coats prepared. Mm. Uh, um, don't Chicago's need them in brutal. India, but yeah, the, the, it, it, it is cutting mm. uh, the way it gets into you. But it's, it's kind of, it's the lifestyle we've chose. You know, I, I've given me the choice. So I'll be in Thailand or Bangkok or something like that. You did come here as well. You did come to Thailand once, right? I, I, yeah, no, I've been there several times. Uh, again, the, you know, to me, I could move there just for the food. Yeah. The, the, the people were, uh, we've got some mutual friends in, in Thailand. Amazing. Really, really, really amazing. I, um, I love the culture where I was with Bong, which is about, uh, I'm pronouncing that wrong, is about an hour outside Bangkok. And, and you know, Ubon, Ubon, Ubon Ratchatani. Ubon, Ubon, Ubon Ratchatani is more than an hour outside Bangkok, an hour flight, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Right, yeah, an, an, hour, flight. an hour flight, an hour yeah. flight, six hours. Flight. But what's so amazing out there? We go out for a meal, and there'll be four of us, and it's like $10 for the meal. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's yeah. real Thailand right there. Yeah. Like, that's Bangkok oh. is now a big city. It's like, it's a, it's a beautiful mess, but uh, it's expensive. It's very mm -hmm. sneaky, expensive. But Ubon Ratchatani is still very real Thailand. It's got yeah. development, but everything is still it, yeah Can one you, thing i, I don't like about uban Ratchatani is how dusty it is and the fact that their concept of spicy is not human so like if you tell them you don't <laughs> want something spicy in uban Ratchatani, they're like oh okay so only 50 chilies like no <laughs> no well I, I have asthma so any chili puts me in a problem so yeah. I, I don't know oh. i love it I, we, we, you know the, the factory i'm thinking of where i was is, is literally next door to the airport Mm, um, yeah. So it, it's it's lovely. I, I I could happily live there. Um, and you know, but I'm I'm here and I'm told to stay here, so I'm doing what I'm told by the wife again. How many years have you been there now? Two years now. It's been a it's been a, a very quick two years. A lot of changes. Nor normally, you you work as a consultant, right? Like you go and um, you shout at everybody and say, "What the hell are you doing? You need to stop right now!" And then then you go through the <laughs> politics between the head senior staff and the boss. And I imagine that would be a... Oh, my God. I was in... The, the politics. The, the politics is hysterical. I was in Lithuania. And uh, I, was, I think it was with Graham Brown in, in London. And I walked in and I was, you know... And it was a small factory, about 15 people, more of a workshop. And it was crazy because I've never in my life stopped a factory there and then. But there were so many mistakes happening. And, and credit to him. You know, he brought someone in like me to help him. And we did turn the factory around, there's mm. no question about that. And it took a lot longer than we expected. But, you know, the initial when he bought the factory, the girls were just doing their own thing. And that was probably the only time I've stopped a big factory. Yeah, I stopped a factory. I've done button. it in it. Yeah. Sorry? You hit the button. Oh, yeah. It was, it was atomic because like, nobody realized what they did. But when you sort of stop someone and say, hey, 
not that you're doing it wrong. I just want to show you how to do something better. You know, my, my philosophy when I go into factories, soup factories, I'm not there to show them how to make a soup. Hey, they can already do that. My job is to show them, hopefully, how to make something better, how it should fit compared with how they think it fits because they've been doing it for the last 20 years. So mm. I was in a, one of the largest factories in the world in India, and they've been doing something very simple, and they had this machine that cost about $150,000, and they were correcting the work before they put it in the machine instead of letting the machine do it itself. Hmm. And the, 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 the general manager of the factory, I explained it to him, and he was, he was like, are you telling me you want to change 1.5 million garments just like that? Yeah. I said, let's just run a day, you know, run a couple of garments while I'm here, then we'll run a day, then we'll run a week, and then you make the big decision, but you need to change. And they did. And, you know, it's, it's quite an important position when you kind of think, Wow, that's like 1.5, well, it's now 2.1 million garments a year they produce. Maybe not the last couple of months, but, you know, in general. Yeah. Well, that's let's talk about your background a bit, Darren, because <clears throat> you're, you do, as Jay said, you're a Savile Row OG, right? So you came up on Savile Row. Born and bred. So my mum, uh, she, I, I, before even I knew of Savile Row, my mum was a, a sample machinist for a shirt company called Turnbull and Asa, mm. so, which is massive well-famous company and even as a kid i was learning sewing uh, you know kind of pretty much on my mum's knee mm. um and then I, I i kind of my father was a builder so i had a choice of going up on a roof and sitting on a roof or sitting next to a hot iron mm. didn't really you know that's yeah. my love not much really. of a choice right <laughs> let's go back to hot places um i've ended up on the roof ironic in rochester so um it, we we kind of went, I, I, I kind of started working in a leather factory and that wasn't for me. And then somebody mentioned to me in a leather factory about this little row called Savile Row. Mm. Um, and they said to me, you know, go down there, it's the best in the world. So I you know, put my best clothes on, combed my hair and everything and went down there. And by the end of the day, I had met the Malcolm Pugh's, the Harry Hellman's, all the famous names that you could dream of. And some of them aren't with us anymore, but it mm. was like the who's who, Edward Sexton. And every one of them, no, we can't take you on. You know, we haven't got a position. And then I went into this old company. Um, it was a bit dirty, a bit scruffy, called Anderson and Shepherd. And the, the, the gentleman, ironically, I posted a picture of him on Instagram a couple of days. Dennis Halbury come up to me. Mm. You want to be a tailor? Yes, sir. I'm busy. So he goes away, comes back and gives me a five pound note. He said, come back tomorrow. This is your affairs. So I did. And mm. then that was like the beginning of this incredible journey. And I worked under uh, a, a gentleman, an Irish gentleman called uh, Pat. Now, Pat didn't take no, no rubbish from anybody. Mm. Never trained anybody, but they talked him into taking me on. And eventually, uh, you know, he took on Stephen Hitchcock, Paul Griffiths, and a few other names. Um, and, th and they all learn under me, you know, the senior apprentice teaches a junior apprentice, it goes that way. And it was just an incredible story, because one minute you've got, you, you know, you're making clothes for uh, Prince Charles, and you're making clothes for Calvin Klein, and these mm. are like individuals, or Ralph Lauren, and, and then you're making, a lot, obviously, a lot of businessmen. So it, it, it was incredible to, to have that sort of experience at Anderson's. Um, it also gave me a lot of what we do now, it gives us the understanding of soft garments. It gives us that sort of appreciation of making a nice garment that feels like a cardigan. That, mm. um, I think if somebody says to me, make a, a structured hard garment, I'm not your best person. I can, I can get the, my team to do it, 
But as an individual, my hands are, are just used to that incredible soft and calm. You, know, you put on and you want, you know, like the jacket I'm wearing now, it's a lazy coat. You know, one of my customers once described a hard jacket as a uniform. And that's great for the office, but really you kind of want to, you want, you want the weekend wear. Why, you know, if you've got seven days, why wouldn't you want to dress a customer for seven days, not five? Hmm. That's a good point. Why would you not want to dress a customer for seven days, not five? Yeah. Right? And you, you think about, I, I, I'm thinking about what you're saying now and it's a lot of, you know, especially what they talk about in the corporate world today is your work-life balance. Right. And the, the clothes you wear, in my opinion, as someone who, who cuts and makes clothes and uh, as well. And I, I, I basically wear T-shirts and shorts while I work all day and, and cut. But and so but um, I'm wearing shorts now. Yeah. None of us are wearing we do not pants wear, like that. That's, that's he, he's going to show us his boxer shorts. <laughs> um, but, you know, I think about like, you know, I wear, I try to find pieces, which is why I mostly wear vests now instead of jackets because they're more functional for me. You know, I got Sir, wide it's shoulders. Called it's called waistcoat. We have a British gentleman here. It's not it's called it's vest. a waistcoat. It's a waistcoat. Yes. yes. It's trousers, not pants. I wear short so, trousers. Uh, and, to be uh, honest with you. <laughs> Jay. To be honest, what do you think? Yeah, yeah. To be honest, I put a shirt, a shirt and jacket on just for you, Jay. <laughs> Thank you. Otherwise, no, it's just for the viewers, just for all six of the YouTube viewers right yeah. now. Thank you. So it is, you know, I, I, you know, to me, clothes. When you think of Savile Row and tailors, you think of that incredibly smart, clean image. Well, that's great. That's our five days a week. Mm. But you, you know, we're, we're at a point in in life now where we want to be comfortable. We want to. Uh, we want to put a, a loose jacket on at the weekend. We don't mm. always want to look scruffy. There's an age group, you know, maybe some of the teenagers won't do that, but certainly there, there's an age group that is growing into being smart. And it's got to be affordable as well. You, you, you know, uh, as a company, we make for like the AB customers. So we make for that. But some of the you know, companies I work with, we want to make stuff nice. We want to make stuff beautifully made, beautiful cloth and affordable as well. Mm. And, if, if, and, and if, you know, if you can get someone to wear a jacket like this, which is completely online at the weekend, you can look great as well. Mm. Yeah. You know, you talk about like the, um, the, the, the younger generation kind of growing into like that, that sort of dapperness. And yeah. we were talking about this the other day with, with a guest where like, you know, I was, he, he was talking about his first suit he bought from men's warehouse, like out of college, you know, and me, the same thing. I think I went to like Sims or men's warehouse and bought like the cheapest, a sport coat I could find and a pair of khakis and like that was my interview outfit to, to go out and, and interview and it was like super it was glued up like all interfaced obviously like uh, polyester lining um you know like barreled sleeves nothing good about it but okay, it was so still expensive compared to like if you were to get what today is considered a made-to-measure piece and then if you think about it from a cost to wear, per wear perspective, I wore that jacket maybe four times, you know, uh, so it was a very expensive cost per wear. Well, what I, I, I do, when, if I know someone's getting married or somebody's buying a one-off suit and, and, and they're stretching the budget, I kind of always recommend blue. And mm. for the simple reason is I change the buttons on the jacket and they've got a blazer. They've got a weekend blazer. Everyone's going to wear a blue pair of trousers. But to me, it's so important that you get that value, that cost per wear. Mm. And if you don't do that, if you put them in a plaid suit, then, you know, you, you wear it once, you wear it twice, everybody knows you've worn it. Mm. 
Mm. But with, with, with a, a blazer, you can change it from pearl buttons to brown buttons to mm. gold buttons. And you, you extend the life of, of a coat, which is really important. But going mm. back to what you're saying about the, you know, your men's warehouse, that's, that I foresee will change over the next couple of years. You know, the way the body scanning on your phone's going, mm. uh, th that information, it, it, it's going to go into 3D, it's going to go into factories. And, and that, that, I think, you know, there's a couple of factories in uh, China right now that are moving, I think their project, uh, uh, project is about half a million MTM. Mm. So what they're looking at is now saying, we're moving into MTM, we're changing the production line, the factory lines. So that we're, they're assuming that they're gambling that that's the way it's going to go, um, and if we can M get MTM it, over bespoke, yeah. Well, to me, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't. If you set the factory up, and and this is where probably people are going to start getting a little bit upset with me here, right? Which won't be the first time, Jack. We like that? No, no, we like that. We need yeah. viral. No, no, but it, it, it's a case of if. Uh, if you give me, uh, uh, Gerber is a program that we use to do our uh, patterns and our alterations. There's not one alteration a Savile Row tailor can do on a pattern I can't do on computer. Yeah. And as long as I teach my floor the correct underpressing, the correct machining, use the right cottons and canvases and stuff, at that point there, I, I'm going to scratch my head and wonder what the difference is. So if I can do every alteration that a tailor can do, I can use the same cloth, quite often better trimmings because I have access to more trimmings. You know, with someone like, a lot of tailors will have two or three trimmers. I, I, I have trimmers around the world contacting me. So I can use a super soft canvas from Italy. I can go to Canada and buy the right shoulder pads. I can design the sleeve heads if I need it and mm. have that made. So. You know, I do see that as part of the future. You know, I think about, you know, like, like you said, with like I do a lot of my, a lot of my pattern design online on the computer as well, right? I'm, I come from that background, so it's a lot easier for me to sit down and yeah. think numbers <laughs> and start punching it in and manipulate the shapes digitally. Um, that's just, you know, for me, that's always been a fit. And I, I've talked to other people who, who make patterns or who cut and they all hate it when I say that because they're like, no, you need to be able to block pattern and then make adjustments. And like, like you have to, if you do it that way, you have to draw the pattern out. You have to make all the calculations by hand and hope that you don't make any simple math mistakes. But if I punch it in, I know that the math is right every time, as long as I measured right. Okay, so this is my theory. They're wrong. It's as simple as that. It's romantic, but they're wrong, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, I can't go and, you know, talk about the factory in India, 2.1 million garments. I can't do that on a blunt piece of chalk. Yeah. You know, you know get their tailor's chalk, they, they mark it, and they say, hey, man, I'm, I'm, I'm a genius. Hmm. I remember once talking to a tailor who has argued with me all day long about an eighth of an inch. You know, we worked to an eighth of an inch. And when he sent a jacket up to me, um, it was like, I think it was about three quarters of an inch too long or something. And I looked at him and I said, where's the eight for the inch? He never spoke to me after that for a long time. He's no longer with us, but it took a long while for him to speak to me again. You know, to me, it's really simple. When you're manufacturing suits, you're actually engineering it. Mm. Yeah. Now, it, 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 a tailor is just somebody that is, is a, 
I nearly said jack of all trades. It is somebody that has mastered many different things. Yeah. In, my fact, in my factory, I have one girl that puts sleeves in, cross-trained to do other things. Cross-training is really important. I have one person to put pockets in. Mm. I have one person to put facings on. They're experts. Mm. So a tailor might make five coats in, in a week, if he's lucky. Mm. My girls, you, you know, I could put 50, on in a, 50 facings on in a day. So, you know, who's the expert? Who's got the experience? Mm. What she does in a day, they won't do in a month. What that she does in a year, they won't do in months. So, it, you know, to me, it's about, you know, looking at the person, working out what they're good at. You know, I'm mm. dyslexic. So trust me, when I started on Gerber, um, I was all over the place. But then I realized, actually, it's actually really easy. Mm. And when I started using forums and stuff, it was hysterical because you know my spelling isn't always the best and i do slip up still now and you're uh, british thanks don't remind i'm europe now we're not even european anymore <laughs> that, damn Bre that damn brexit um <laughs> you're injecting those u's right. everywhere in your words i'm oh, colorblind so you're jamaican for me darren <laughs> yeah man and uh, <laughs> i'd be proud to because my, my, my nieces and nephews are a mixed race so I, you know i just we're a Heinz 57 and we've got to remember that it's a great way to be. <laughs> you well, have been to Africa now. as well. You have, trained, you have trained in Africa as well, right? Where yeah, did you go? Nigeria. You in Nigeria, Nigeria. Yeah, Lagos. What, what was that like? <clears throat> I, I have the most dearest friend in Nigeria and um, mm -hmm. I thank him because he's like, I, I, I went out there and my, I'll tell you the story how I got into Nigeria. That's, that's the greatest story. So I've landed, we're late, it's late. We're in a very hot, smelly airport. Uh, and the, the, this armed guards come up to me and said, where's your yellow ticket, your yellow card? I look at him like, what the, what, what the hell are you talking about? He goes, you gotta have a yellow card to come in. I said, sorry, it's a yellow fever. So he stopped someone. So where's your yellow card? He shows you a card. I said, I haven't got one. So you can't come in. I said, great, send me home. I don't care. Don't want to be here. <laughs> so he looks at me. He goes, what? I said, just put me on a plane. Send me back. I don't care. He goes, all I want is dollars. I said, so now I have to pay you to get in. <laughs> oh, God. Give him $20. And he does that. And then the same trip, I'm getting out of Nigeria. So there, the, the, we're driving up to the airport and there's a lot of, a lot of uh, cars and people, much more than normal. So my friend does a great thing, drops me off at the beginning of the airport and gets out so he don't have to worry about me. <laughs> I, I thank him. So I get to the airport and I, what's happened? And apparently they were refueling the day before at 747. Hmm. And the gentleman, I'm going to be polite here, forgot to detach the, the hose and just drove off. So the, the, the fuel hose was still detached to the plane as he was driving off. Oh so Boeing grounded oh the plane. This is totally true. So now I'm like thinking, I'm not going to get on this plane. So I'm looking for someone that looked incredibly important. I find someone. I say, listen, I have to get back, blah, blah, blah. I, 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 I don't put some money in his hand, $100. We got into business. I wasn't going to be business, business class. I wasn't going to be premier or something. He takes me to business class. The gentleman that was legitimately sitting on that seat, he told him to get up <laughs> and put me in that seat and put the guy in premier. And that, that was like a trip there. But as the people, oh, my God, what wonderful people. Terrible food. Wonderful <laughs> people. 
you know, I, I come back with some of the most worst stomach problems I've ever had. Thank you, Nigeria. But it's funny <laughs> enough, I've just been asked, uh, it was yesterday, and talking to a gentleman today to do another, you know, a web conference to, to some students out there, which I would love to do. Because mm. knowledge is everything. As yeah. Warren, Beatty say, the, Warren Beatty says, the more you learn, the more you earn. Mm. And I kind of get that, you know, I, I, I think one of the things, if we quickly go back to Savile Row, it, it yeah. is if you're, if you're in uh, the highest place in the world for tailoring, where do you go to learn? Mm. You, you, you've hit the brick wall, everyone comes to you. Now, I've always had, and I guess my dyslexia was part of this, I've always had this challenge to constantly learning. So, you, you know, my computer is full of books. Uh, you, you, you know, I don't look at any dodgy websites like Jay. I, I just look at great, great tailoring books. And, um, uh, no, no, it's, you're I, I know he's And I only look at dodgy websites ever since this quarantine. Um, so, can right. you pass some links over? Yeah, um, definitely. What are you more into, foot fetish or? <laughs> <laughs> Shoulders, color shoulder sleeves. <laughs> color like shoulder sleeves. And if you want to, if you want to, if you want to get hot, shoulder pads. <laughs> so you know, to me, I, I love learning. It's an mm. obsession. You, you know, I, I'm just in a process of doing 3D right now, um, body scanning and stuff like that. Um, my wife has asked me, why do I choose women to body scan? I leave that one up to her to work out. But. Um, <laughs> But it's to a me, challenge because of the curves, you're looking to you need to you need to prove the technology on the most difficult subject. May I quote you? Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, the sofa is very comfortable, um, <laughs> but it really is a case of just continue learning. So you know, I know when I, I joined Adrian Jules, um, th there was a clause in the contract to say about working with other, not working having contact with other companies, which is, a, which is correct in so many businesses. And I, I challenged the owner and I said to Arnie, I don't want that clause because I, you know, I want to go to everywhere I can where I can earn something else. And I, ca I can put that with what I already know and, and eventually we come out with something better. Why wouldn't I talk to a trimming merchant about something that's come out better, a better shoulder pad, a better canvas, a better understanding? Cloth is going forward. Why shouldn't we? And it's really important that we, we, we continue learning. And again, you know, some of the old tailors, they're fantastic. I mean, they're incredible at some of what they do, but they don't go forward. And, and that goes on to a little bit what you were saying about, you know, the drawing, freehand drawing of patterns mm. compared with, with, with CAD patterns. You, you know, we, I can work to a thousandth of an inch. Yeah. You, you, you know, okay, the cloth might shrink half an inch, but hey, I've got the pattern right. So, you, you know, it is so important that we take technology and we don't let it run away with us. And I think it's important for people like myself as a, as a tailor, as a technical designer, as a production guy, that I'm, I'm sitting on that table as well. If I'm not sitting on that table, I let down a hundred people in this factory or wherever I am. If I'm not the guy to say, I think there's something we can do better, or I'm sure I heard something. Mm. So I go on to things like, uh, technical communities for Gerber and stuff. And I'm always reading, I, I read every single post. They might not be relevant for a year, they may never be relevant, but they're, they're there in the back of my head. Mm. And I think, you know, if you've got that sort of attitude, 
you, you know, you are going to carry on learning. You are going to carry on for you know going forward in the industry. Mm. And one of the things you were saying back earlier to... that, that really struck me was about your the the trimmers who work for you, right? So the you've got a girl who does just pockets, and she's a master yes. at pockets. You've got a, a girl who just does sleeves, and she's a master at sleeves. And you know that really comes down to time and craft, right? So they're master craftsmen who have time and repetition of improvement right so it's not just like oh you've done this for 30 years you've gotten better at this for 30 years and now you can do 50 pockets or 50 jacket pockets a day or you can do 100 sleeves a day um and like you said uh, when you think of someone who's maybe a tailor on savile row you're expecting them to to be a master of 30 different techniques that goes into a jacket whereas they can't be because in 30 years time they've had to divide They've only got really one year of experience in each, you know, cumulatively compared to the person who just does that. Well, ironically, I was talking to a friend of mine in England and he was saying like Savile Row have, not all of Savile Row, but there's a lot of tailors now that don't know how to put a pocket in. Hmm. They send it out to a pocket maker. And now that pocket maker, unfortunately, isn't the cleverest person in the world because if he was clever, he would go off and buy a machine the machine would do it for him. Mm. Savile Row wouldn't, it's not a case they wouldn't know any different. They would get a fantastic pocket done by a $35,000 machine that mm. does it brilliantly, that does it 1,200 times a day. You would increase that. You'd increase the quality. Why wouldn't you go like that? And then you mm. would use templates like the rest of the industry for flaps, and they would be precise. So now we're actually, because of this, we need more work. Well, you know, some of those guys are actually losing the skills to put pockets in. Mm. Some of those guys are losing those skills that will never come back properly. The mm. understanding. There's still a lot of tailors, and please don't think I'm shooting Savile Row. <coughs> cough, cough. Um, <laughs> right, please don't think I'm shooting Savile Row, but if they don't go forward and they don't um, A, keep up the trades and B, understand technology, there are tailors in Savile Row. I can think of two or three, and one of them is probably one of the most famous tailors in the world, that have Gerber. Mm. I don't know if they know how to switch it on, by the way, but they have it. Mm. And then there's other companies in Savile Row, and I think I can say it, uh, Cad and the Dandy, a fantastic company. They, have a fa- you know, they do all their patterns, and they can send that into, um, into India, their factory. Mm. And it works brilliantly. And those guys have brought engineering and they brought technology and it, and it works for them. And the, the way they manufacture out there, and I, I spent a lot of time in their factory, they have pad lapels. They mm. put pockets in by machines. They, pay, they base the facings on. They, they sew the linings by hand. Mm. Challenge, you know, what's the difference between a Savile Row garment? For, you for know, me, I, I'm a big machine guy. So I've got, if you go into my design studio full of machines, the only thing I've never seen a machine do as well is by hand as a buttonhole. Uh, every machine buttonhole I've ever seen is trash by comparison to a, a perfectly done hand stitch buttonhole. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to kind of agree with that, that. But, you know, about five years ago, I was looking at some machine buttonholes on a shirt. Mm. Oh, my God. Uh, you, it, it, it was like looking at the, the most beautiful woman in the world. It, it was beautiful. It was the best mm. buttonhole by far. And they are there. What you also got to What, what remember, machine is that? Do you know something? 
damn, I cannot remember. And it was in India. It was mm. in India. I, and I tried finding out, because I, I, it come back to me one day, and I was like, let me find out. And I could not. But, y- y- you know, it's so important, that buttonhole as well, to get it right. Mm. And I think we, we do a lot. We do, like, the Milanese, and, and uh, uh, it's a type of buttonhole. And right now, that, is, that can't be replicated on, on a machine. The plain buttonholes can be. Mm. Um, but, you know, you, what you also got to remember is a, a, a tailor will make, say they make 100 uh, a week or something, about 5,000 a year. Mm. You know, at that point there, their machine has to be set up for f- potentially 5,000 cloths. Mm. That's a real problem. You, you know, in a factory, if you're making, I don't know, 1,000 of one garment, 10,000, 20,000, whatever, a couple of hundred, mm. you, can, you, you, you know, the, the operator who knows that that machine doesn't like working in the morning or just knows if she turns something a little bit. There's, that's our skills again. They know yeah. the machine. They, you know, that she's not, not, nobody uses that machine as good as that person. Well, mm-hmm. the reason is because is that person understands that. You know, a machine is engineered, but it's still mm. got a human touch, you know. Just you got to like, slack the bobbin on some. You got to tighten the tension <clears throat> down on others. Yeah. You got yeah. to elbow it a little yeah. bit. But ultimately, you know, I, I I use sleeve machines. I use most of the machines in a factory. Mm. Am I as good? Am, you know, can I hand tailor it better than anyone in the factory? I'm better than them. Can I use the machine better than? Probably not. And I, I'm mm. no fool to try and challenge somebody. You know, my job isn't to sit on a machine. My job is to go to the girl putting the sleeve in and say, "That's great." Or you know, there's a little bit too much fullness here. This is the way I perceive it. Is it? And by default my default on anything that's wrong is my fault mm. as a technical designer the default whatever goes on that f- floor is my fault let me check the pattern mm. and, and whilst you'll get a lot of guys will run away from responsibility in, in my position if i make something wrong it can affect one garment and it mm. could or it could affect thousands of garments so again i treat that as a learning process if, if i see something wrong the first thing i do is i run back is it the way I cut the pattern? Is it a grading issue? Is it an alteration issue? Mm. It's none of them. We'll get back and speak to the machinist. So, so what you said there was interesting because you said, you know, when there, she's making the sleeves and you go down to the floor and you're like, hey, I perceived this as having a little bit more fullness. And then you go back and check the pattern. So are you checking to make sure that you, you one, drew it right? And then I guess two, to make sure that you did it in a way that the 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 woman doing the sleeves, the, the craftsman is, is understanding what you wanted to communicate from the past. Yeah. So, you know, we have certain points on the sleeve. We have marks. They're like little marks on a pattern called notches. Yeah. Um, so we have a certain amount of fullness we can put in between notches. Mm. Now, if I get something like a, a tight mohair or a tonic, you know, too much fullness creates a problem. But if I get a, a cashmere or a loose woven, I can put more. So it might be a case of uh, you'll say, well, the pattern's perfect and the manufacturing, you know, so everything in theory should. Mm. Then you look at the cloth and you realize it's the cloth code issue. In Mm. other words, I might look at um, a cashmere and expand the sleeve, make the sleeve a little bit bigger for an alteration Mm -hmm. because I know the girl's going to put more fullness in and it's my desired effect. Mm. So even though you can cut a perfect pattern, it, it, it doesn't, it, it will very rarely run through all the different types of cloths that you're going to use. You know, it, it's so important to do that, you know, and, and one of the faults of the youth is experience. 
where they're not understanding that, yeah, you cut a great pattern, but it's cashmere. Yeah, you got a great pattern. It's kid mohair. It reacts different. That comes um, with that time and craft. Gray hair, my friend. Gray hair. Mm. Well, I you have know. none, so I'm bald. So I have no hair, basically. <laughs> well. But it, it comes with experience. It comes with knowledge. And, and it comes with experience. That experience can't be bought. Mm. Not in the sense that you can go to a university. Mm. And, I, you know, and I wish I could take more people. And I wish I could train more. But, mm. you, you know, my, respon my responsibilities is here is roughly 100 people. Mm. And for those 100 people, I look at that's really, th you know, I look at their family. That's 300 people. So it's important that, you know, we all do our jobs correctly. And when you do do it, my, my, my hobby happens to be my work. So mm. some people go off and fishing. Like Jay will go off and do what he's got to do. You go off and do your stuff. Mine is all about... Um, it's about work. My wife laughs at me, you know, it's like the weekend, what are you doing? Oh, I'm going to play on Gerber. I'm going to play on 3D or something like that. She's, you mm -hmm. know, if I read, a, I'm just reading a book right now, me, Mr. Dyslexic, on, on factory costing. So understanding costing, understanding numbers mm -hmm. and stuff like that. Um, so, you know, to me, I'm quite lucky that my brain and my, the way I do things set me up like that. Mm. Now, I'm, I'm the same way that, you know, making stuff is my hobby and i was able fortunately through some some wise positioning as a tech entrepreneur in uh, my previous life i made it so that i can work in my in my hobby and then yeah, i never he, i never got that far <laughs> and then, then I, I get jay and jay jay likes to stress me out so uh, nothing changes <laughs> i i really want to know um about savile row and uh your your experience in uh, Anderson and Shepard, like you, the, you posted about your boss, your first boss, and uh, he, he looked like uh, there was a lot of wisdom that you got from there. And do you know what I like about Dennis, Dennis Horbury? He was like um, very calming influence. You know, he, he, you know, trust me, he was strict. You, you did something wrong, you'd be out the door that day. Um, he was, he, you know, I, I guess really you, you look at you take a young lad on about 16, 17, you know, they want to take the world on. They want to change the world. And, mm. and Savile Row isn't about changing the world. Savile Row is saying, hey, we did something two, 200 years ago. It worked once. We're going to carry on doing it. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 and even if it doesn't, even if we're not going to change, we're going to carry on doing it. And, and then maybe we get it right one day. Is that you know, why you're so rebellious? Because you had to work in that system for so long? No, I'm not. I, the, 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 I'm not rebellious. I, I'm just forward thinking. Yeah. So my, 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 I, I love Savile Row. I love what it gave me. I love what I, I learned from it. I don't, I don't like dinosaurs. I, I, yeah, I'm, but the industry is filled with dinosaurs. I, I, you're one of the first people I've met that talks about technology. That's why I really wanted you to connect with Dana in the mm. first place, because he, he has been talking about, you know, whether technology works or not. And I said, like, dude, I've tried, I've made an app. Nobody like gives a fuck. And like, they, they are scared to even talk about it or touch yeah. it. Yeah. And so I'm like, Hey, this is a solution. This is not like replacing you. This is not, you know, changing. Like, this is just going to help you like storing data, like pattern. Mm computerizing the pattern is not about losing the ability to draw it's about storing data smartly like why do why do you need a room filled with pattern what that's not yeah, a show piece you don't you but know the, like that's the thing is there is i guess that's the beginning of my career there is something quite romantic about seeing a pattern 
you know yeah. that paper pattern walking in there and you're, you're walking through the archives of you know great companies like um anderson's or henry paul's and stuff like that I, I, but then let's go back to what I said at the beginning about when you have to have five or six fit-ins. Mm. You know, if you, you, you use a computer, you're down to one thousandth of an inch. And, not, and, and, and what you said earlier about it, you know, that only is wrong when they get the measurements wrong. You give me a measurement, I can give you a box exactly 12 inches by 12 inches to a thousandth of an inch. What's wrong with that? That's fantastic. You know, Savile Row eventually will have to move forward in the sense of there's less and less tailors. I know it's in very vogue right now and people are training, but the, 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 you know, I, I see people training people and say, Hey, become a tailor in six months because, you know, do a, do this course and we'll call you a qualified Savile Row tailor. Mm. Yeah. Well, the way I did it is I was really lucky. I, I, I kind of have a natural aptitude to tailoring. So I, I did my apprenticeship in about three years and, uh, you know, in, in in Anderson's, I think I broke every record for speed and getting things done. I was just, I, I was really lucky. I found my home there. Yeah. Uh, but then, you, you know, the other people, they can do, they can say, oh, we'll do this course in six months. I'll call you a Savaro's tailor. Hey, here's Get a, you a certificate to put in your shop. Give yourself a, you know, give them a certificate, have a photo taken with somebody. But you know something? Three years, and then I probably would say I wasn't ready to train anyone. I wasn't, I didn't consider me experienced enough mm. for another 10 years. And then I started bouncing off a of technology, and it's like, why wouldn't you use it? Okay, so if you, Jay, you're wearing a lovely coat there. If you're on a Savile Row coat, if you look at the back here, the, the, there's all the hand sewing. And, and whilst it's nicest padded by hand, why the hell do you want all these little stitches coming through i can use a great machine that can do it 10 times as fast thousands more stitches and not a stitch show through and do it just as good and i haven't got a comp i haven't got a customer saying oh look at this i thought all oh, that is this right yeah 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 that's hand sewing <laughs> sir you just paid for that hmm. you know and i i why wouldn't you use that? You know, again, you can go into a factory about a hundred thousand, but you buy these two machines. I know how many stitches it will put in. I know how many lines it will put in, you know, and it will do it exactly how I want it. It won't compromise how the garment is made. Of course you use technology. Mm. And, and, you know, I guess my ultimate dream, and I, I say this a lot to people, is to have that Savile Row look garment, which I think I've achieved at and, uh, Anderson's, uh, Adrian Jaws, manufactured so mm. we can manufacture something here and some and i challenge some of the stuff we make i would put in any tailors in not just savile row anywhere in the world because let's just face it there's some brilliant tailors out there but they're tailors we can do this on a manufacturing process so, so what are those five fittings for what what is a savile because we're talking to a savile row tailor now as well who's also a technologist and designer those five fittings, what, what are they, what are you getting or what are they telling you that you're getting or doing during those five fittings? So again, we go to your original block that they draw out and they think they got the alterations right. Mm. So they put it on and it's just like, no, it's not quite right. So let's lengthen it. Let's shorten it. But I, I, and one of the things, because it's also hand intent, that might not, go, you know, that customer might not be seen for six months. So you imagine your, you know, a winter and summer way, it changes. Yeah. So now you go back and you might have to let it out, take it in, whatever. 
And then the final fitting, you know, the sleeves a quarter inch too long, it's a quarter inch too short. There's a little bubble here or something. It, it's frustrating. I, you know, for me, the, I hate seeing hangers in factories because if you have a hanger, you, you, you know, it means you're storing money. Mm. And at the end of the day, it is a business. I, I want, you know, hanging space is basically putting money on shelves. I want to make a garment. Mm. I want it in a brown box and I want it out. And I want to see a customer again. You know, remember, they're never a customer until they come back. Mm. You know, that's the true phrase of it. So to me, it's like, you know, all having loads and loads of fittings. Is it, you know, at some point the customer is going to go, yeah, it's great, but I've just flown in from Geneva for the third time for this jacket, you know, or how I want to do it. That's where technology is going to win. Technology, once they can get body scanning, and it is getting good, it really is getting good, um, on your phone, you know, and those POMs, those points of measurements are going to be amazing to see them go forward. So I actually had an experience. I told Jay about this. Uh, I invited Jay, but he didn't want to go. He hates, he hates I wonder technology. Why but it was a, a body scanning app and the guy was telling me that he could make um, like bespoke t-shirts, essentially like a perfectly fitted t-shirt and it wouldn't work on me. They couldn't scan me. I was too big. And so he tried multiple times to scan me and it wouldn't work. Uh, there was a girl there that they finally scanned and he puts the, um, he's got these square fabric templates. You lay it down in the machine and it's supposed to, um, interlock all the way around and give it an interlock seam that's going to perfectly fit to you and the machine ate the fabric but the problem so, so. the problem with this is too though those <clears throat> those templates he's only got one template so he couldn't do it to me i was too big but someone maybe j size he could and then the smallest girl there could have got a shirt it's a ton of waste in so, utilization utilization you know, you know, we'll go back to the scanning and the utilization. I buy a cloth and it costs me a hundred dollars a meter mm. and I get 85% of utilization. Mm. I've got $15 on the floor. Mm. I need to minimize that as much as possible. Absolutely. You, you know, I, 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 again, when you're in some of the tailor shops around the world, you know, the first thing I do is look at the floor. If, if the floor is dirty, that's money. Mm. Going back to your scanning. So if you, you know, body scanning can be done to the very, very highest level. And I always use this as an example. If you watch a Disney program or how Disney make their programs, you'll see mm. a cat suit with a hundred dots, hundreds of dots on it. Mm -hmm. That's technically mm. body scanning. Uh, yeah. um, so it can be done and it can be done incredibly well. So once you get that and then you can put it into a phone. So you create points of measurements. I spoke to a company the other day and I think they have about 120 different measurements. And as long as those measurements are in the right place or, you know, you can ask mm -hmm. them and they, they will create that. Then you actually got a chance, you know, for them, their big things is your height and your, your weight. And then you, you know, and now they're making the avatars, the, the dummies, the, you know, technical dummies, is, is that you can use them and they move around and they, they can be framed. So technology is there. The, the thing that's stopping it is, is us mm. and money. You know, the, the, you know, if you look at gaming as well, you know, the 3D effects on gaming. Again, the technology is there. Look at Disney, look at gaming, put that into uh, apparel industry. It can mm. be done. The, the problem is, is, this is my own personal problem. Some of the companies are charging such huge amounts of money 
you know, and you know, it, it's unaffordable to a lot of companies. What they, you know, what they've got to do is, is you know, instead of selling, selling a developer's package, sell a retailer's package, make it mm. easier, make it more affordable. Cause that's the way it's going to go forward. Mm. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm a small studio. So I, like, I obviously, I don't have Gerber. It's yeah. way outside my price range. Like it economically wouldn't work for me. Uh, I, I use some different software and I have some modifications to like uh, some other software that I have. But then I look at like, like Jay said, he made an app or he's made a few apps, but I've seen one of his apps. And to me, it's like the perfect, the perfect platform for storing your measurement data, especially if you're a bigger shop. That who, does, would have ever th who would have ever thought the word perfect and Jay in the same sentence? <laughs> Perfectly imperfect. There you go. I love you, you man. Go. I love you, man. No, I don't like you so much. <laughs> <laughs> what was that, Peter? <laughs> Where's the chicken? Where's the chicken? <laughs> yeah, it's been ran right now. Um, so no, but, but you know, the, the technology no, but is please the way trash forward. Roll more. That's what you're no, here I'm for. Not, I'm not trash. <laughs> I want controversy. I'm going to tag everybody and, and have you talk trash. No. Why, why do people think Savile Row is the best? Why do they perceive is Savile, Savile Row overrated? Yeah. Is it, is it overrated uh, for what people perceive? No, no I, I don't know if it's overrated and I'm not winding myself back here. It makes incredible stuff. It's yeah. just historically that's it's like hatting gardens for joy it's historically the place to go it's the mecca of, of tailoring the truth is you can go to some of the japanese tailors i see now mm. god they're amazing they are as good if not better some of the french and some of the italians you know they, they make amazing clothes it's just mm. so happens that, that it's this little road that everybody does and it's also one of the more dearer roads you, you know, I, and I'm not putting the advert out for Adrian Jules, but at the end of the day, I look at what they do and what we do, and I, I, I'm like, okay, what's the difference? There is no difference. Is it no there is no? There's none difference? Well, not really. Like, I mean, we, we, each artist, each, each, okay. like, it, I suppose like a, like a canvas that you make suit on is like an artist painting something, right? So. Yeah. Isn't Edward Saxon an artist and this is this and then like no. it's you can't compete with that or you can't replicate that? Well, no, Edward, Ed, Edward is a, by the way, is a friend of mine, he's a lovely, lovely guy. Edward, you know, has a style that works for him and he's created that style in the old Tommy Nutter days with Mick Jagger, Bianco, and all that. Edward is, is incredibly great at what he does. So's Anderson and Shepherd, so's Huntsman's and Kilgards and all mm. these companies. They're, they're really good at their style. Going back to five suits, you know, five five days a week. My theory is is I don't want to create everybody's style, you know, because then you, you really are a master of none. I want to create a style that is great that you know my customers can wear five days a week in the office, and maybe on Friday they have a little dress down, and Saturday and Sunday they put the, a nice pair of trousers on. They can go out for a meal with a wife, wearing a casual jacket, open collar, and stuff. With it, no you know, fittings. Well, do you know something? A last coat I made here uh, is for last year for our 55th birthday. Mm. It was a new pattern that I, I, I um, agreed that I, you know, I cut and liked it. I did my own alterations on it and I wore it. No, no alterations. Mm. Because, and, and if what you just said, if the measurements were correct, I knew my pattern was exactly certain sizes. I knew I had to let it out X amount. I knew I had mm. to grow the sleeves X amount for it to fit me. Mm -hmm. I, 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 and I did no alterations on it. I, and 
you know, I think the biggest difference we do here compared with, with, with tailors is we have manufactured uh, canvases from, uh, you know, the canvas from Italy, where Savile Row hand canvas their, 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 you know, hand pad their canvases, which is not a problem unless you're using a lightweight cloth and then it becomes a huge problem. So, you know, we will look at different canvases for different cloths, a lightweight canvas, a, a medium weight, a heavyweight canvas. Mm. You, you know, if, you know, right now we're doing a lot of like a Neapolitan style sleeves and jackets uh, and we're only putting a little bit up here rather, you know, it's a full canvas, but a little bit of hair cloth and how we develop the sleeves and everything. Um, so, you know, what they do over in England in Savile Row, I think I've just got an email saying I'm barred from Savile Row now. Um, right, you know what? Uh, they do, nobody's watching this, it's okay. <laughs> you said it at a big audience, somewhere. And so, but you know, at that well, he point, he means they're, they're fat. If, our, our two people who watch it are both yeah, fat. We're, we're watching it, <laughs> but you know, several are brilliant at what they do. It's that it's going forward and how they do it. And you know, I speak privately to a lot of friends of mine in several, and they say this all day long, yeah, you're right, yeah, you're right, yeah, that'd do good. We need a pocket machine. Ten years later, no pocket machine. <laughs> you, you know, you, you know. I, I'm like, why do you use this crazy sleeve head that mm. I can't get my head around? And then, whilst you like these sleeves, well, I can tell you where you get the, those sleeve heads, uh, and they, they won't ever change. Will they change? Yeah, they will. There's some. You got a young cutter in uh, Gears and Hawks. He 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 seems to be an exceptionally good cutter. I I like mm. his work a lot. Um, and you need that forward thinking as well. You know, there are some really good, talented people. What would be a shame if some of the older guys hammer them down and say, this is the way we've done it for 200 years, don't change. Hmm. I think there are some forward thinking people, but there's not enough of them. There's not enough people to say, change something. Yeah. And, you know, one of these days, somebody's going to do, you know, uh, some open up a shop in Savile Row uh, and the turnaround speed to market making great clothes is going to work. And, and maybe you don't even need to take that retail space. You know, if I can, if I can body scan Jay and, and that, that literally will go straight into blue penciling and straight to a factory. Um, I, I did a range for Macy's a few years ago and I went into Macy's once and I was asking the girl, how is it? She said, oh, it's nice. It's all going well and everything. I said, what about, you know, you get them over from India quick enough. She said, the quickest we ever did it was in less than seven days. So they measured a customer. They got it to in the information to India and back to America in less than seven days. That's the future. So, you know, going back to you, when you bought your suit many years ago, you know, for your very first job interview, I, you know, but I, I can get a suit made quicker than I can get a suit ordered. Yeah. Cool is that technology? Listen, I just I picked it off the rack. It's like okay, this one fits okay. It's too big, uh, but I didn't know that then. You know, there are yeah. fits and you know, really low armholes well, and. One of the weaknesses I see in the industry right now, and so what a lot of people are talking about is ironically fit. Mm. So you 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 can get a garment. Um, you know, it looks great on a mannequin, but it's yeah. got to feel comfortable and the shape of the armor and stuff. And it's, again, it's one of the good things that I like about this particular company, uh, you know, Adrian Jules, is it started off as a tailor's hmm. with a vision of industry. Um, so 
you know, you, you'll get that tailored look, you'll get that tailored feel, but you'll get the numbers at the end of the week that says it was worth, excuse me, opening the door. Mm. You know, that's really, you know, important for all, you know, for a business, I guess. Mm. The reason I wear waistcoats is precisely because of fit. Sleeves are the one thing that I always have a hard time with. I've never had a jacket made with the sleeves were great. But if I take the sleeves off, one, I don't have a fit issue. I can have a lot more range of motion. And two, everyone knows that I do a lot of curls at the gym. Right. So you, that, that, that's abnormal. You're, you're, you're a tailor's worth nightmare. <laughs> you know, but, but we, you are because, you know, we make for, you know, when you, develop a block pattern you develop yeah. a normal block pattern uh, but then once you start having big shoulders lap muscles and stuff like that mm. that's where the alterations come in that's mm. where the experience and and i do think that the industry has an issue around fit you you know that they kind of need to sit down and sort of make sure that the alterations can be done here we write our own alterations so mm. if there's something that i want to do and, and and we're not doing it I'll sit on a computer and play with my X and Ys and, and we'll and we're create an alteration that can do what I want. Now, let, let's you talk about the measuring app, right? And I, I think this is where the, the tailor's eye or the cutter, you know, the person measuring you front of house in Savile Row <clears throat> looks at you and says, if they're a skilled craftsman, okay, you're, you got a big bicep, you've got your traps, you know, your shoulders are a little uneven. You know, they can pick up on those things that need to be altered Absolutely. before they make the block pattern. I don't think AI is there yet for for a measuring app. I, do you know something? I th I think it is. Really? Again, I, I think it's already there. It's been there for a long time. Let's go back to Disney. Yeah. So D Disney puts a cat suit on and they put all those little white spots those behind the green shirt. super high touch, though. That's not all AI. Okay. Yeah. But they, they are... They, it, it, it's there. What they've got to do is bring it into where it can fit onto a phone. Hmm. Or, you know, I, I'm looking at a scanner right now that will go on top of my laptop. It's a couple hundred dollars. And it's, hmm. it, 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 it means I can create exactly what I want to do. I, I certainly know that, um, you, you know, uh, scanning is an issue. You know, that A-line pose that hmm. people do. Nobody stands like that. But now the avatars have been able to move and everything. So I, I think it's there. It's not affordable. Yeah, it's not put into not affordable in in a retail space. But then, yeah. I mean, well, would wouldn't a company like Suit Supply be able to afford something like that? Absolutely, all day long. Mm. So, they, they so why it. isn't it out? Do you reckon? Yeah, so why are they still um, messing up measurements? Well, they're, they're, I think there is. You know, some companies are using it. I think it's just at the beginning of the wave here. Mm. You, you know. Um, is it perfect? No. You know, I, I used an app the other day. Um, but it's, it's preference too, right, Darren? I mean, I, like the measurement process, like everything you do, you use uh, technology. Uh, and you, you, it's probably one of the reasons why you make things very productive in, in factories uh, when you convert it. But, but the measuring process, shouldn't that be an interview between a tailor and a customer and, and finding out the preference and stuff? I see you're going to disagree, but like, I'm going to no, keep going. I, 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 <laughs> It's not that I disagree with it. Next question. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> to tie or no tie? We're moving on. <laughs> Only on the bedpost. Um, so, you know, to me, some people will always want to go to a tailor shop and be measured. End of. That's it. 
yeah. you know there, there's, and, and there's nothing wrong with that other people are so busy or they tell themselves they're so busy mum can you scam me I, I need a new suit and, and but when you take that you know the way that technology is going now I, I you know i'll be able to take a you know you with your, your facial hair your body complexion and look at you and i can dress you in, in a suit so instead of looking at that three by two piece of cloth i can press a button on a screen and you will be dressed in that single breasted double breasted suit with a lovely waistline and it will be you it won't be a uh some weird ab gray avatar or something like that mm. so okay but dana no, darren uh, when people measure right the the no. data is the same the data is always like i mean no. chest no, no, is this no, no, much no, 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 no it's not it changes no, Every, they, everybody they, measures differently okay so you know uh, the computer side is an issue human side when I measure, when people measure, and we're checking measurements. Normally, two people take a measurement here because we want to check that we agree with something. I say you're 48 chest. The next person says you're 47 chest. We're double check our own work. Really? Humans, humans make mistakes. My job is to minimise those mistakes. You know, I, I, am I going to stand up and say I'm always right? No, no, I don't. <laughs> you know, but I like to think I do. But I, I know that I'm human, so I know I can make a fault. So I might mm. measure something, and somebody, I might say, just check that. Checking my work? Yeah, just check it. See what you make. But what and, about and, facts? Like, I mean, if, if the fact is that my chest is 46, yeah. how come, you know, 10 different tailors make 10 different... So, so that, that, that's that human error. To, well, that just goes down to how they were taught to do the patterns. So, you know, we all, when we make a pattern, there's a formula. I have one that works for me. Um, and I, you know, I have a hundred books on my laptop and I bet you there's a hundred different methods of measure, measuring and, and doing like that. You know, I, I, I and, and this is where I do love my Savile though, right? Um, what I, how I talked by Pat Davey many years ago, the actual guy that taught me how to use a thimble. You know, I haven't really changed. I've just introduced technology. So he taught me, he said, look, Dad, I'm going to teach you the right way to do something. It's your choice if you want to do it any other way. And trust me, in my career, I've tried a hundred different ways. And somehow I've always, you know, when something goes wrong, I go back to how I was taught. So mm. that, you know, that's why it's so important for Savile Row not to, they're, they're to embrace technology and they're to make sure everybody learns, you know, how to do it right. Mm. But, you, you know, me, I, I, I'm, I, you know, I have a thimble five foot away, less than five foot away from me in my bag next to my, you know, laptop that has 30 odd thousand dollars worth of software on it, mm. a thimble and that, and, and a tape measure. So, you know, you've got to embrace both sides of it. And, and you know, when somebody's drafting a pattern, and again, experience, you know, you, you, you know, that is so important. It's not to read a book that you just got off of Amazon or eBay and says, I'm a cutter. You know, you've got to learn that, you know, the body shapes are different. You'll get a skinny guy will be one way of cutting a, a, a medium sort of regular and a big guy you know and how you grade those all of that is, is important to do you know yeah. reading a book and coming out and saying that's it you know I, uh, and then explaining you know when i train people you know there's the most annoying phrase in the world uh, and, and i've hit my head against the wall every time i hear it but it's also the greatest phrase in the world why mm -hmm. so most tailored, most people when they're training do this. You go A to B equals this. One, you know, add one on one equals two. 
two and two equals four. What, when you're training people, they do this. Why? Why do you do that? Why do you do that? And if that is good enough to make you think, how, how do I explain to this person that's asking a legitimate question about something I've done for years, and you explain it, you explain the cloth, you explain the thread, you explain why you did it, that makes you a good trainer rather than, a, you know, do it my Just way. Just shut up and do this. You've got, you've got to go through all of that process. You've got to explain to people. And the more I learn, the more that fabric about cotton, about, you, you know, uh, different cottons for elasticity and stuff like that, I, I kind of think I'm a better person for it. You, you know, if I sit on a table, I might not know the answers, but I think I know the bullet points. Hmm. Darren, if you are not in tailoring, right? And um, if you want a million dollars and you're told to go make a suit, where would you go make it? You don't wear a lot of suits in the Maldives. (laughs) (laughs) If you had to pick a place to make a suit, your first suit, that you think would be best? Savile Row. Not Italy? Not Naples? No, do you know something? It's kind of... If I knew nothing about tailoring and I just grew up as a kid and inherited a million dollars and I knew nothing about tailoring, it's inbred into the British culture and lots of people that you go to Savile Row. You know, I think nowadays, where would I go? I, you know, I generally don't know. They're, they're, you know, I, I was working with a factory in India um, and we, what we produced there was world class, I think. I think something like Adrian Jules, some of the soft stuff we're doing right now, Jesus Christ, the Neapolitan stuff that we're doing right now. The stuff that we have a project about that we can't discuss yet. We're not allowed to discuss uh, a non-disclosure. No, but it is, it's incredible. Um, It's just lazy, lazy in a good way. Lazy that you put it on and you're comfortable with it. Mm. Um, And, you know, I would look at something like that, you know, I guess at the end of the day, tailors have got to learn to do marketing. You know, they've got to market what they do. You know, you can't just sit there anymore and say, um, I am Joe Blog Taylors. I'm the greatest in the world. You, you know, with social media, with the internet and everything, you, you've got to, ta- you know, you've got to live by the internet and die by the internet. You, you, Is you a lot know, of Savile Row good value for money? If you go in and you get a suit and it fits you straight away, I say it's, it's, it's fine. It's, it's the market value. If you've got to fly back from Geneva three or four times, you add that to the price of a suit, it, it becomes expensive. Hmm. Um, like, I mean, when these tra- tailors are doing trunk shows, I mean, it's, uh, a bespoke suit can cost up to 3,000 quid. And the rest. You know, a, a Savile Row suit probably starts closer to three and a half. You know, isn't it a bit too much? I, do you know something? It, you're, you're paying for the you're paying for the tailor's time. You're paying for his training. You're paying for a shop in a street and a label that you you, you know you want to pay for. It's like buying a pair of jeans from uh, Amani. You know it's going to be dearer than Levi, and you know at the end of the day you're paying for that branding. And, and you are doing that with Savile Row. You know when when they come to America, the pricing is pretty much the same. But the cost of the airplane, the cost of keep going back hmm. to America until the jobs are, jobs are finished. So, the, you know, at that the, then, you know, their, mar, you know, their bottom line, their margins, I would question aren't as good as when they are in England. And, and you, know, so, you know, we've been approached by several companies in Savile Row 
to do their making. So I think it is kudos to us as a company that when you get companies um, in Savile yeah. Row saying, we're looking at making you, and there's not many things Donald Trump's done well, but the actual, where he's put the tariffs, bringing stuff into it, it opened up a small market that we never really saw was coming, but was there. And, and you know, right now we are negotiating, and it's a case of them have to understand that they can't send us a dirty old pattern um, with hmm. some, you know, with somebody's name on some kind of 1862 and you know date on it. You know, we are technology people. We can produce your pattern. We can digitize it and put it on on our computer, and then you tell us the customers let out needs letting out we'll do that in seconds mm. and i know exactly to the exact measurement we can do that so you know is it value i i think that some of them that you know hide the fact that they and it is hidden that they get made in different countries mm. i question you know you look at england you know an average coat would cost probably the, the tailor that makes it probably gets five six hundred dollars a coat you, you know, if I go to uh, if I go to China, the average wage out there made for for a, a factory worker around about five thirty five. India probably about one hundred and ten, hmm. and and the real one that's coming up right now for industry is Ethiopia and countries like that where they're paying as little as twenty one dollars a month. Wow. So you get me into into Ethiopia. So if Adrian Jules moved over to Ethiopia, which it won't happen, but if you get that that experience and that knowledge and that free hand to start the factory and do it, hmm. wow! Suddenly affordability is, is, would be really interesting. And if you can get all those alterations, all those gradings, all of that right, and I know uh, a, a company that has a very large factory in India now working. But they, you know, in Ethiopia, and that, that's a probably a year project to get the factory. So when they open the factory, they have zero sewers. They bring all their, te- you know, their, their supervisors from India to Ethiopia. That's the cost. And, that, you know, that, that cost is going to take a while to get back, Jay. But once they start getting it back, they'll reap the rewards. You know, I think they've signed a 10-year license on a bonded area. So it's really, really important to understand that some of those hidden costs as well. You know, we don't, when they buy cloth, Jay, you, you know, and you're a cloth man. So yeah. if they buy, you know, 500 meters of cloth or 5,000 meters of cloth, you have one price. When you buy three meters of cloth and they think they're doing you a favor and they're complaining at the price, it's like, hey, I produce 5,000 meters, but you're only buying three meters. So, yeah, yeah. there is an upcharge on that. Yeah, because it's more pain in the ass. But it's, yeah. it's, that's how the business is nowadays where, yeah. uh, you, even in England, at like at, it used to be where you know people would buy rolls, and now it's all based on bunches, and they buy cutlets. But yeah, and, but uh, but this is a stupid. This is the stupidity of business, right? Instead of saying our core cloths are black, grey, and blue, whatever yeah. those are, instead of going up to them uh, and shame on the the person selling it and shame on the buyer that you don't say, look, guys. How many blue suits you sell last year? Well, we sold 500. Well, there's 3,000, there's, you know, it's a thousand and a half meters. Why don't you order that? You don't have to pay all up front. You pay me a deposit and we will send you a bolt at a time, 60 meters at a time. And at that point there, they get the discount. 
you get the manufacturing costs and the discount yeah. from the manufacturing economies costs. of scale but Absolutely. it seems like the end users behavior also changed because everybody's doing it they're like oh if you're selling me fabric that's in your shop that means it's some crap so i want to order from the bunch but what's what the tailors are doing wrong is like they're using the fabric brand too much like they're using the fabric brand over their own brand right so uh, they go to the scabelle or they go to the Doug yeah Dow's. and then oh, they're like oh look at this brand but but aren't you the brand you know like you go to a restaurant you don't ask what brand is a tomato you you listen to the chef and you let you don't the chef... ask yeah no no you don't ask about the tomatoes <laughs> so you, you are right but you, you know at your company i, I actually like a lot of what you do and i i think your linings are, are in front of everyone by a mile i truly do i think the designs are no i'm, I'm being honest if i didn't like it trust me i'll be the first and you, you'll be the oh, delete button no no they'll be the del your your lining <laughs> your li some of your linings are amazing because you think outside the box Yes. So, all right, you're Dana, we, we can start recording now. Okay, please go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I just I just checked the account. The, the money cleared, Jay. So, okay. <laughs> I was waiting. Sorry about that. Um, but you you know you, you have to think outside the box. And, mm -hmm. and when you're talking industry, it is actually uh, it, we we make money. It's just how we make money. So mm -hmm. you you know some of those guys Andersons was all and is always famous for buying bulk cloth. So they will buy a roll of it mm. because instead of costing forty five dollars a meter, they get it for thirty, and they're going to use the cloth anyway. Anyways, yes. Yeah. So I, I you know we at this company we hold thousands of meters uh, of, of standard stock cloth because mm -hmm. it is good for the company. You know, and I, I, and I argue with any company, with, and soon they say, oh, what happens if we, we can't sell it? eBay and Amazon, you're still going to get your money back. If you're just talking about clearing it because you need a cash flow. Actually, that's, that's how I met you. You were selling cloth out of Leeds, and uh, I connected with you. Skin. and uh... That tiger skin cloth. <laughs> yes, we, we bought a tiger pattern uh, from uh, Darren, and uh, we sold out of that two times, two bolts. We really? bought one bolt, and then, we, yeah, yeah strangely enough like we were selling we were doing mailchimp a lot and we were selling uh the cloth online so we bought this and we took photos of it and um just uh, one just the, the tiger <laughs> stripe that's the one that went out but fastest. you know where i, I don't know why. all that cloth right uh, um and i i had probably at one time fifteen thousand meters of different cloth and yeah. it was um crombie a historic company in england was closing and they were moving and we you know my company used to make all their mtm and their um, bespoke hmm. so the, the, the gentleman that ran in it uh, at the time steve just said to me we've got all this stuff and i need to clear it i'll buy it uh, and we did we did okay on it um it, it, it but it was amazing because we had stuff we had a lot of cashmere there and it was all in this incredible stuff. And, mm. you know, Crombie's always been a great company for me. Um, honestly, like, um, as, as an end user, so let's say if, as an end user, I go into a tailor shop, I would love to see the tailor's perception and, and ideas about cloth and how they travel and go and source. And, you know, like I went to Rubinacci and uh, he, he took me down to the underground floor, uh, you know, showing him fabrics and stuff. Uh, he was like, listen, listen, let me tell you about a cloth. I'm like, okay, that's now this is going to be interesting. Luca is so knowledgeable. 
Right. And I, I thought he was just an Instagram guy. Hello, everybody. And so, but like when you sit and talk to him, he's like a real genius. And he's like an OG. Guy. He talks like an old Neapolitan guy. Uh, like he's got all those mannerisms and stuff. Uh, but he is very, very knowledgeable, very forward thinking. So he took me down and showed me all these vintage cloths that, yes, he bought when somebody was closing or whatever. But but that to me earns that because fabric is half of the garment. And if you show me that you know a lot about fabrics, I can trust you with my suit. Yeah. Fab fabric is, it, I think, is actually becoming more important because once you get that, let's go back to technology, once you get that suit that's in your phone and you can just press a cloth, it's so important that the fabric side, the lining, the trimmings of it, it is the next generation for us. You, you know, that's going to be the hard thing for any technology person to have that mm. fabric. To, to you know because you know you want to feel cash you're going to spend five thousand dollars on a, on a winter overcoat you want to feel cashmere mm. you know and maybe maybe you'll end up sending someone a swatch or something and they pay for the swatch to cover the cost i i, I don't know but um fabric is huge right now and I, I i don't get people that don't look at cost saving you you, you know it is so important and if you can buy a roll of cloth a blue ro blue roll of cloth with you right um then you're laughing because mm -hmm. you instead of paying 45 dollars, you're paying 30 dollars. you know i'll leave the price into you you've just saved that per meter on a 60 meter roll mm. you know and, and you know i think sometimes what's proven in industry is there's too much profit so if i come up to you and say yeah. i can save you i can save you this money the number's too small for them to understand you, you know, they're like, oh, well, I don't need to save that $15 that we talked about earlier, you know, on the floor. Mm. You know, I've, I've earned X amount. And I'm like, well, that $15 when you make 10,000 suits a year or 12,000 suits a year, suddenly that, that becomes an attractive figure. Yeah. So when I I mean, it, you can even see in shops that the, the way the shops are designed have, have changed. Like before, fabric was a decoration. You need to show how much stock you kind of have in the, in the tailor yeah. store and you pick that out and then you, you put it on the person and he, they can imagine it better. Yeah, they now, it. No, no shops have fabrics displayed. It's either in the stock room or like, even the decoration around the world. Like, But I don't have, you know, I guess the decoration is important. You know, you've got... I, I like the idea of, of walking into a shop that feels more like home than it does as a shop. I mm. remember somebody once said to me, you know, I expect hassle earning money, but never spend it. And I use that philosophy a lot when I talk to companies, you know, you want to, somebody wants to enjoy spending money and you, you, you enjoy your home atmosphere. You enjoy that. Okay. You can't have a cigarette in a shop now, but you know, I see, you know, a lot of shops will ply you with scotch and stuff like that. You know, get them drunk. Yeah. They all do another but you, yeah. you know it's that i expect hassle to earn it but never to spend it and i, I i've always thought that's a good good starting point with customers mm. um and i guess if they had too much bolt of cloth then uh, you know that 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 becomes oh, it, it, a bit industrial well i'm like you know uh, you look at lucas shop and stuff like that they don't have that they have small amount you know only because then they can have a much bigger range i would assume but to mm. me it's just again you know, it's about the money side as well. It is about saying, okay, you can see it there, but I've actually got the bolt of cloth in the back and I can yeah. save my money there. Yeah. And, you know, it's just the way I think, you know, I know last time I was in India, 
you know, I, I looked at something and I saw a waste. And the, 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 the factory manager, I was talking to him about this, it was an inch. And then he sort of looked at me and he goes, that's what I like about you. He said, because you think big. And I think you have to. And it doesn't matter if you're small, you've got to think big. And if you're big, you've got to think bigger. Mm. You know, it's, it's, it's the industry and our industry is getting bigger. Our, our, you know, there isn't half a dozen tailors in Savile Row, uh, Row anymore. There's people that come straight out of college, get a phone, take a picture and, and they're not calling themselves Savile Row. Yeah. I've got to tell you a little story. Oh, my God, I go on forever, don't I? Right? Okay. I remember once I was working as a consultant in a Savile Row shop. I won't name them. And on Friday, this lady, very charming lady, left her job as a school teacher. Monday, she joined Savile Row. On Friday, she was measuring customers. Really? I have a sh I, I, it puts me down to being a complete genius, being able to do four years, five years in one week. You know? <laughs> it, there's a I lot of that in America. I mean, uh, there's a lot of that in America. Like, yeah. um, guys we work with all, all, all train Internet people. Yeah, like they train people who are not hmm. uh, or don't know how to measure to become a clothier. And there's like a whole pyramid scheme also where yeah. one guy has like 20 reps under him and then he earns like, it's insane. But it's the MLM right, of the uh, Satori. Yeah, remote. yeah. And, and they, they are, they're huge. Like the MLM companies, I don't want to name, but like they own fabric suppliers. Yeah. Uh, and uh, that's the one, like fabric brand, some fabric brands are owned by these MLM companies yeah. that, you know, um, and um, they... the trade, I think the trade is, is is really an interesting point because it's a, I think it's a, a it's a pivotal turning point for it. it. It can either survive as as a dinosaur, and I think that, that there's an element that will always do that. That guy in Portugal yeah. sitting outside so sewing. I, I, I you know something I've got to. It's you know, too but charming. I, it's too charming to I go away. I love it. I love it. It's too charming. The dinosaur element will definitely be there. Now, yes. the question whether custom is scalable, well, can a custom yeah. business become a billion-dollar company? Can a um, supplier you know, kind of proven it? You know something, right? The, the, the thing is, the two things you need in life, clothes and food. So clothing yeah. is important. Again, I, I think the biggest thing for our industry, uh, and it's something – hundred years ago when the internet first started and I, I was probably one of the first people on the internet and I, I went off and I bought nearly every single name domain name in Savile Row mm. so I, I owned most of their names <laughs> and then I told a friend of mine a lawyer and he said a lawyer and he said never ever ever you know use any of those mm. so I, I let them die and they all got their own names back. but I was like the first one to kind of get a, a web one of the it probably was the first one in Savile Row to have a website now they're all doing it. it to me right now the most important thing for any industry and um, ours is the marketing you know that better than anyone Joe. the marketing mm. and, and yet they're still fighting saying i'd rather go back to this 200 year old company that creates cloth that has got so many strings in mm. you know when i was a kid there's one company and i can't name it um and literally, if you order three meters, you, you know you're going to be ringing up and asking for another meter because it will have a string, a fault in it. Mm. You know, and now there's industry standards that stop that. But, you, you know, why not go to China and get incredible cloth? Why not go to India? Why not go to, 
Malaysia or wherever it's being produced and then bring it in. If it, and if it can be brought in cheaper, great. You know, you, and this is a really scary thing. Some of these guys, some of the merchants in Savile Row get cloth made abroad. They, they, they scream, they, you know, they scream, you know, British, British, British. And then you find out they've got a, a Chinese range. They've got a, Chinese, a different ranges. Nothing yeah. wrong with that. Just be honest with the customer. Yeah, for yeah. sure. And then it becomes a blanket that everybody can, can do that. I you know, separate my polyester empire with my luxury business. I no, quite no, enjoy that. That's been, that's been working really, really well because people want to hear luxury, but they want to pay polyester pricing. Mm. So I offer them both. Like, I'm like, hey, these are two separate brands. You know, the polyester business is amazing. You know, if you want to sell a uniform, you want to sell something that you can trust and it's not going to break down. It's not mm. going to have a problem. Here you go. And that's a way, 10 times bigger empire than but the luxury. Do, but, do you, but do you not think it's the honesty to the end user? That's the important thing. Oh, super, super. I mean, I'm, I come from a country where, you know, they would lie about fabrics. Like tailors would lie about fabrics. Now, obviously, as a merchant, we can't lie to the tailors, not because we're saints, but tailors know. But the tailors lie to their customers and nobody's there to protect it. This happens in Thailand, Vietnam, Malaysia, Singapore. It's tourist industry, right? Mm. They come here, they want that $200 suit and they want to hear cashmere. Mm. And the tailors are like, hey, but I need to feed my family. What do I do? I'm going to bullshit. You know, like I've seen it in front of my eyes, like, like uh, um, an American tourist comes in and like, hey, I want Egyptian cotton. He points to that fabric, that same bolt. It's Egyptian cotton. Uh, do you have Japanese cotton? Oh, actually, this is Egyptian cotton from Japan. Oh, do you have <laughs> Italy? But it was from Italy before it got. <laughs> I mean, these are suit hustlers, and I can't. Uh, you know, it's, it is it's what there. it is. You, you're not. Nobody's gonna get rid of it. It's gonna be yeah. there. You know, the I think if you if uh, you know one of the people I think is probably one of the best at market is Luca right now, Ruben Archie. Yeah, mm, yeah. I, I I I love his humor because he takes yeah. he takes it seriously. Like you say, he's a clever guy. Yeah. But yet, he brings a sense of humor to, and I think the, the Rubenacci brand is a great European brand. I, yeah. I don't really see it in America, but I, I see it in Europe. Do you not see it in America? I see, I feel like Luca could get on Conan O'Brien or, like, because he's a character enough. Okay, like, I, think I, mean, the, I think it's important that we, we ban him from America. <laughs> we don't want it. <laughs> no, but he, I, feel, I feel like he could be the one guy that shines out. Uh, wow. of the, just that industry because hmm. now i've had debates with a lot of you know high up ranking newspaper uh news uh outlet of uh, menswear and stuff they say that like videos are not what is classy and elegant but luca sells ten thousand no, dollar suits uh, yeah. in a video him on a sk- him on I a- love him when he does his skateboarding. Or he, you know, he, he does his yeah. skateboarding or he jumps out of a plane. You know something? It's just like, hey, man, this is my suit. This is all I have. This is my lifestyle. Yeah. And I think that lifestyle, I think that marketing is so important. I think, you know, as us as a manufacturers, oh, am I unstable? Us as a, a manufacturers, it's really important that we, we show what we make and stuff like that. We do have a, a retail outlet in, in Rochester, and that, that, I guess, is similar to what Luca does. But the, the manufacturing side, the factory, you know, to me, I'm just like... Are you going to do the video series soon? Like, am I going to see, like, hello, ladies and gentlemen. 
today, I, I, hey, we need a British hey. character. To me, hey. I, I think, I, I think, again, I think social media, I read a lot about social media, I get an, a good understanding. I think, the, the, you know, us getting out our name out there as a manufacturer is incredibly important. Not because we're hunting for work, because we actually give, you know, value for dollar. You yeah. know, we, we, we are, you know, we've got 55, 56 years of experience. You know, uh, I've often gone home and pulled my hair out here. But I kind of really like what we're producing now. And, and I think um, on the Instagram account, you'll see that, you know, our garments are looking great. Um, Mm. You, you know, we have challenges sometimes with some cloths and you know, we'll ring up the retailer and say, hey, th thanks for sending this. You know, you know, we'll have those challenges. But ultimately, the garments are just looking pretty amazing. And, you know, we've took on a couple of big accounts lately um, and, and they're there because we listen to them. We produce what we need to produce. Mm. Um, what we don't do, what, we, what we're not good at, and I think it's right, is... I don't want someone to come in and tell me how to make a suit. Yeah. I want someone to come in and tell me how to make a suit better. You know, so like yeah. I did when I was a consultant, I, I don't need someone to, you know, I, I, I've been in factories where consultants have gone in and they've changed things and they actually made the factory worse. And I'm like, why did you, yeah. Why did you change that? You know, who, who, oh, is it blah, blah said, do this. Blah, blah said, do that. Well, tell blah, blah to go and get another job. <laughs> you, you know and that's the way i am and i i, I think um i think we're in a strong position i don't know how we're going to come out of COVID. That, that's going to be the big thing for us mm. the COVID, you think yeah it's, it's like you know we've opened up uh we, we've taken precaution after precaution after precaution to to protect our staff and I, I think we, we, we've gone over the top with the FDA and, and CDC ruling. So we've done good for the, for the shop. But the, it's the industry that has to open up. We've got to find out if there's still a, a, a you know, a, I think as a business, we're, we're, we're okay. But it's the other businesses. It's the people that supply us yeah, as well. Our white label. Absolutely. That's going to be oh, hard. Yeah. And, and, and one of the things where, you know, and it must hit you, Jay, you know, your, your, your sales and, have got to have taken a small hit. My polyester business has saved me this time because um, of all these masks and uh, uh, fabrics required for surgical and stuff like that. Like we have all the resources to get those things. So that that's what saved us. Uh, otherwise we would have been in trouble too. But I do feel positive about it. I do feel that it will come out. Um, yeah, I think fine. us... As a, as a company, we probably took the, the last six, eight weeks before the, the shutdown with the virus are probably our strongest in three years. Mm. So, you know, we, we, we took a huge turn. You know, we took, when I first come here, we, we, we took a little bit of a down because things were changing slowly to get, uh -huh. to get what I wanted. Basically. It was scary. It was scary. Those days were... Yeah, and now, you know, we're at a really strong period. And do you know the, the nicest thing is we've just been open a week. Um, and I'm going to say it's credit to everybody here is I, when we come back, I'm very nervous. The factory has been on a two year, two months uh, shutdown. And what's happened is we've gone back run exactly where we were mm. in the sense of quality. So our, 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 our industries 
really good and you know and the factory just opened up like it was shut on a friday and opened on a monday nice. you know there wasn't you know two months people want to want to get back to work too yeah. like the energy I you know, yeah like, but i also think that, that what the factory's done is um it hasn't lost its quality that that's been, that was such an that's important amazing. thing mm. yeah no all credit to them you, you you know but it goes to what we were saying earlier about repetition the repetition of getting someone to do the same things. I, I haven't got a tailor that's taken two months off and, you know, had a couple of glasses of wine. My girls are experts at what they do, girls and boys, so are experts at what they do. Mm. And, you know, the photos in the last week, or, you know, just over a week that I post up, they're, they're things that we're making today. They're things, you know, quite often you'll see me post something. It is a there and then moment. You know, we don't, we, we, we don't produce sample suits for mannequins or instagram everything we produce is is, is real is actual sale that that you made yeah um yeah, and, and let's, I think that's let's do the so darren is actually in america the factory is a made in america so it, technically it is american tailoring but uh there's a question in our 10 question series that has that and we really want to know your opinion about it so uh, i'm gonna we'll, let we'll jump into the 10 it. yeah and uh, oh, the gosh. first one we always ask, and we, we've been talking a lot about fabric, so this is this is topical as well, is if you can only choose uh, one fabric that you can use for the rest of your days, it's the only thing you can make and wear, it's got to be either linen, wool, or cotton. Which one are you going to pick and why? Linen. Linen I love. I'm wearing a silk and linen jacket. Cotton. Uh, do you know what I'm thinking about my shorts in uh, the Maldives? <laughs> And wool. It wouldn't be wool. Okay. Because it, I think it can be too warm at times. Linen or cotton. I, I'm probably going to go with a cotton. Mm. And I hope, I, I hope it's not too hot in the Maldives because I sweat. Mm -hmm. and, yeah, I'd probably go for the... Right? Oh, I love it. I'd probably go with a cotton. Okay. Nice. I'll, I'll um, send you my Sirsakos watch. Um. Yeah. Well, you, you, <laughs> But what about can I can I take the cashmere cottons and the brush cottons because they you know then you're talking about really high end beautiful cloth. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I, I think Kachopoli makes uh, a really good oh. uh, like seven percent cashmere and cotton, and that's like a hundred. Only doing pure pure fibers here. No, I, you, it, listen, it's okay because we can rewrite the ticket. <laughs> <laughs> you did mention that, didn't you, Jay? Hundred percent cotton from with yeah. cashmere. From yeah. Cashmere, yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. So, what what's your favorite menswear item? Uh, probably the jacket I'm wearing right now. If I'm truthful, okay. this is something I made 2016 in, in a factory. It's it's a really lazy jacket. I, I've got maybe 20 suits and, and jackets at home, and this thing keeps on. I, I keep it at work 99 percent of the time because. It's just, it's a comfortable online garment. It's, mm. it's just, it's just lazy. And I think comfortable is, is something that's going to become really, especially after the last two months, people want to feel, some people will want to dress up, but a lot of people have learned comfort is important. Yeah. Mm. Now, the next one is, is my favorite question. I, I love this one because I work with a lot of a denim and canvas, heavier, heavier fabrics in my studio. Is it ever okay for someone to wear denim on denim on denim on denim, you know, i.e. the Canadian tuxedo? Listen, only if she is incredibly hot, she can wear whatever she wants. <laughs> apart, from, 
Apart from that, do you know? So, you know something. I say that. Yeah, someone like Ralph Lauren himself looks amazing in it. Yeah, yeah. You, you know, but then you don't want to wear something because somebody else looks good. Yeah, you, you, you got to wear some. You got you got to wear something. You know, but who the hell's going to wear a brown jacket and a black shirt? You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> uh, for the listeners in Spotify, he's talking about Dana. Um, no, so. no, he's not. No, he's Dana, not. Why would you wear a brown jacket and a black shirt? You you tell us, Jay. You tell us. <laughs> I, I'm no, dogging you, but I'm over here wearing a purple Fanta T-shirt with a, with a blue sport coat. So you know what? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so, so yeah. No, I, I kind of think you got to know. Dude, I think you. there's a movie character. That oh, God, this, exactly this is all this. about you again, Jay. <laughs> My interview, Jay. <laughs> Dina, get, get, come, come, get, give it to me. <laughs> Next one, I think you've given us your answer, but I'm gonna, I want you to flush it out a bit. My, my favorite know, interview, yeah. Uh, British, Italian, or American tailoring? You know, which one do you prefer and why? Do you know something? I'm going to actually, I'm going to choose a third of each of those answers. Mm. I'm going to say, I'm going to say the British because I love that, that stiff upper suit. And, and it, you know, I'm wherever I am and wherever I'm in the world, it gave me that. I, th yeah. I think I love the Italians because of people like Luca and the styling that they do. And I can't mm. be honest with you. I think what we produce here now, Adrian Jules, I can give you both of those. So I'm, I'm going to give you a third of each of that. Mm. Okay, it's a cop-out answer, but I'm going to allow it. I'm going to allow I it. Learned that from, I, le I learned how to answer through Jay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so You're 200% correct. 300% <laughs> correct. Yeah. <laughs> what, what's your favorite accessory? Watches. Watches. So you're oh, a you're watch guy. guy. Yeah, I, 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 um, at work, I very rarely wear a watch. I got a couple of Rolexes. I adore those. Mm. Um, I, I like uh, AP. Um, I, I, I do love a watch. I think there's, it's just something about it. I, I know a couple of years ago, I was into shoes. I got to about 60 pairs of shoes. Uh, wow. My wife just went wow. mad. Yeah. Darren, please call 323. Darren, can you please call 323? That's, that's the, the, the stressing. Right. Um, um, so the shoes I went mad on yeah. and now I, I'm probably down to about 20 pairs down to, uh, yeah. Cause every time we moved, every time we did something, my wife would say, you haven't worn these. And yeah. literally I have shoes I've never worn. Wow. Shirts, shirts. I've probably got about 60 shirts now, so I'm not doing too good there. Yeah. Now, <laughs> so speaking of watches, how on point should a man's watch game be? Wear something because you feel good. I've got three or four watches. I've got my, mm. my, my favorite by far is my grandfather's 1952 watch. It's got a story. Um, it's got a I found it. Connection. I, yeah, I, I, I found when he passed away, I, I found it in a box, never knew anything about it. And I wound it up and it worked and that was it. Well, your cousins might not like it. He didn't give it to you, right? You just <laughs> found it. I was the executor of the will. <laughs> and, and, but the, the good thing is, Joe, when he not the good thing that he passed, but when he did pass, the end bit of the uh, the will stated that I get his scotch collection. Oh, so that, that was oh. good. Unfortunately, we'd already drunk it all, <laughs> <laughs> so I got bottle empty bottles. Is there a style icon that that you look up to? Do you know something? 
uh, I love Ralph Lauren. Hmm. I, I'm, you know, the, the, the wholesale and the mass market side of it, I'm not necessarily a fan of anybody's, not his, but anybody's. Hmm. I think what he's brought to the industry um, is, is phenomenal. Not just jobs. I think he, he, he's brought a lot of different styles over the years. And if you look what he's done personally, I, I think he's, he's great. You know, I like Amani as well. Um, there's some companies I'm not necessarily loving, but I think individually, if I was going to meet anyone in the industry, it'd be Ralph. I, mm. I, 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 would, I would love to sit down with him and have a glass of wine and just talk about why he does things. I think that, that to me, would be a great privilege. Yeah, he's they, a very common answer in this section. I, I think he is, and it's not politically correct. It's just that he, he's done a lot for the industry. I, I, I'm sure you'll get a lot of people say things because they think that's what you want to hear. Mm. I, I just think if you look at his repertoire, you look at his history, there's not that many people in the world that has expanded so much and kept that change. You know, he's very organic. He's very natural in where he does it. And yeah, he doesn't design everything, but yeah. as a leader of, of the company, as somebody who's put it forward, um, I, I think there's very few people that can stand, you know, within next to him on that. I think there's, a, there's definitely something to be said about design leadership in Ralph Lauren. You know, yeah. and like you said, he doesn't design everything, but that design leadership and communicating look, feel, connection, you know, you can't, yeah. no one's touching him on that. Do, do you know, I use an old phrase. I used to, I, I'll give you an old phrase I used to use when I made suits. I said, you may own it, but it's got my label, it's got my name in it. Hmm. And, and I think he has that, maybe I got it off of him, but it's that type of thought that, you know, you, you, it might be your suit, you bought it, but it's got my name in it and that's important. Mm -hmm. And and I feel as a brand, you know, a t-shirt's a t-shirt, but I feel as a brand, he, he's kind of wants you to feel that you're buying something luxurious. So yeah. if I buy a Ralph, a Ralph Lauren polo top and I buy a top from another shop, I, in fact, the only tops I own are Ralph Lauren because they last. The quality's yeah. there. It, it, it's, you're, yes, you'll pay a little bit more, but I may have 15 of them that I use nearly daily. Um, mm. Once I take this pink shirt off, I'll be putting one on in my natural clothes yeah. um, for the workshop. It, 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 it's, it, it's an example of value for me. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. You know, and, and talking about like, you know, what he's brought and like style, but you know, when you think about formality, right? And of course, like you said, t-shirt's a t-shirt, but formal attire, especially in menswear, it has a certain feel to it. You know, how formal do you think a man should be on a daily basis? I think um, Tom Ford once said, you respect your job by what you wear. I think I, 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 I may have got the words right, but I kind of, the emphasis is, you know, um, it's, you know, if I turn up in, you know, a, a cheap T-shirt and a blue jacket or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love how um, fair you are uh, equally taking yeah. a swing at the whole. Yeah, but you know something, Jay? It, it, you know, whatever goes around comes around, okay? Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, I'm waiting for the pain. We'll save it. We'll save it. We'll, we, we have the editing power, so yeah, yeah. we'll screw what... you then. Thank you. <laughs> we'll make sure that when uh, that clip about... Uh, Darren, please come to that the announcement that someone just made. We'll keep that in there. Okay. So, I, I, you know, I think it's important that, you know, if you dress to an occasion, 
Mm. And that mm-hmm. occasion, you know, that mm. occasion may be uh, a, a nice pair of trousers, nice mm. pair of, it doesn't have to be tailor-made, but you dress mm. to an occasion. And the one thing I've learned, you, you know, we have a shop across the road called Marshalls. It's a, it's a yeah, like a car gear. Yeah. Okay, so, you know, you can buy really nice stuff out there at not the biggest money, mm. you know, at reasonable money. So it's not always about a big dollar. You yeah. know, again, you know, you talk about the denim, the denim on denim. It, yeah. It's knowing what you look good mm. in. You know, fashion is about telling people what they should wear. Style is about Luca. You, you know, yeah. you, you know he, he, that, kid, that kid could literally wear a dustbin bag and look amazing. <laughs> mm. you know? yeah, and fit. Fit makes, makes the outfit, right? You could have, you could have a, a cheap T-shirt, but it fit, if it fits impeccably, it looks like a million bucks. Do you know my favorite T-shirt in the world is a Hugo Boss Black Label V-neck. Mm. If I, it, it, you know, literally, they are to me the the, the black label V necks is the best that there are. I I can't tell you how many times I keep buying. In fact, I'm due to buy some soon. I love those t-shirts. They just, they feel good. That they, they don't twist. They don't do anything wrong. You, you know, um, they're fantastic. They're the best there are for me. Mm. So you know, keeping with the idea of formality, you know, to tie or not to tie, not to tie, not to tie. I, no. it, I, is there something about me that anything around my neck, I, I hate. I, I just, I, I just don't like tie. I, I, I've got maybe a couple of dozen at home and mm. stuff like that. Um, I, I just, I'm just not a tie. I, I will wear a tie at the right occasion. Mm. Yeah, um, I've told my wife when she buries me not to put a tie on. <laughs> you, 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 you know. Um, but equally, for, you know, the right occasion, I will wear a tie, but I just don't like ties. You know, you're in America now, so you could get away with a bolo. A what? A bolo. <laughs> what the hell is that? So it's a, so, a string, usually uh, like a piece of leather string or some type of cording with metal tips. And you oh, what the cowboys wear. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, that's, that's purely for the bedposts. And <laughs> our last question in, the, in this 10-question series, is there a movie character that you think just has their style game unlocked? Like someone that you see and they're just always bang on as a character, not the actor, but the character. Oh, I said the, the, the actor would be someone like George Clooney, um, Pryro. Hmm. Who's Pryro. Pryro. Okay. Pryro is uh, a Belgian, uh, yeah, John Suchet's brother. Um, yeah, he's, it's just this, I would have loved to have done clothes for the filming of that. Mm. You know, it, it's all, the, the clothing is just immaculate. I love it. All right, nice. So that was our 10 questions, Darren. We appreciate you going through them, answering with us. We appreciate you taking the time. We know you've got to get on the floor and start overseeing stuff. So we'll let you go. Before we do, can you do us a favor? Let the listeners know, let the listener know. Uh, where they can find you online, your Instagram, your your Twitter, whatever. Yeah, um, thank you very much. It's Darren, D-A-R-R-E-N, underscore Beeman, B-E-A-M-A-N. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's been fun. It's, it's, it's refreshing to know that the industry isn't, it isn't run by dinosaurs. It's now, you know, it's moving forward. Yeah. And you're, you're part of that. You're part of that movement forward, not part of the dinosaurs. And so we, we appreciate you taking the time to talk about all the things you're doing. Um, all the links to your social, everything like that, will be in the show notes. And Thank until you. next time, everyone, stay dapper, 
Stay villainous. Stay villainous. Thank you.